Hello and welcome into another episode of Lockdown Wolves. Today is the post-game podcast from the second consecutive Timberwolves road win over the Portland Trailblazers. We'll break down that game, plus an all-star weekend preview. I'll give my picks for the uh, three-point contest featuring Carl Anthony Towns, the skills competition featuring Anthony Edwards, and also uh, my pick for the dunk contest, too. We'll talk about all that on the show today. Welcome in. You are Lockdown Wolves. You are Locked On Timberwolves. Your daily Minnesota Timberwolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked On Wolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Ben Beacon. I'm the host of Locked On Wolves. Happy Friday, everybody. Uh, Victory Friday. It's also the weekend. Happy weekend and all-star weekend. One of the best weekends of the entire year uh, is upon us. The Wolves get... They don't play again for a week. It's like a week from today when they play again. So lots to get to here today. Let's uh, go ahead and kick this thing off. A big thank you, first of all, for making Lockdown Wolves your first listen every day. Of course, this show is free and available everywhere, including YouTube, as well as all of your favorite audio platforms. Wherever you like to listen to podcasts, you can find Lockdown Wolves. You can also watch on the Lockdown Sports Minnesota app on both Roku and Amazon Fire TV. And you can follow on X at Lockdown T Wolves and also at B Beacon with two B's, two E's, C K E N. All right, quick roadmap for today. We're going to start with the Portland game, of course. This is the post game podcast after all, but I'm going to condense things just a little bit so I can get to my All Star Weekend picks because I love predicting this. Uh, I love checking it out on FanDuel. Our friends over at FanDuel will talk about some of those odds. Um, and there's a lot of Wolves participation um, in this game. So. All right, uh, let's start with Bulls-Blazers. So, of course, Timberwolves beat the Blazers on Tuesday. They stayed in Portland, the weird, um, like, home-and-home, but not really because both games are in the same city situation, but two consecutive games against the same team in the same arena. And, uh, you know, there were no variables for either team. Like, they both were there. Obviously, Portland was at home, but there was no travel. The rest was the same. And I was a bit concerned, and I said this on Thursday's show, just because... Neither team really, like both teams are looking ahead to the All-Star break. I'm sure there's some guys in the Wolves who are in the coaching staff. They're all looking at, we got to go to Indy. We got to get there. You know, this like, I think it was literally the last game of the first quote unquote half of the season to tip off for anybody was the Wolves late last night in Portland. And all things equal, I thought that that would like bring the teams closer together. There'd be less of a, a variance in terms of like, would the talent really shine through because the game, you know, in the Wolves mind, like, hey, let's just get to the All-Star break, right? Well, um, that's not what happened. In fact, it was the opposite to start. The Timberwolves jumped all over Portland and were up 44 to 14 at the end of the first quarter. Just an insane. It was easily one of the best overall quarters of basketball the Timberwolves had played all season. Um, Portland, they didn't shoot the ball well, but the Wolves had a couple possessions where like there was one where the Blazers got like a like a 15 foot one handed runner at the end of the shot clock because nothing was open like. The Wolves were really, really good on both ends of the floor. And uh, like at that point, it felt like they could win this game by 50, 60 points. Um, and and it was everybody. Like everyone was scoring. Everyone was contributing. It was, yes, a lot of ant. But I mean, everybody, the ball movement was fantastic. Conley had like a weird double clutch putback that where he hung in the air, was going to pass it and then still like just stuff that like weirdly confident passing, but not in a bad way. They, they turned it over a little too much early. There were a couple sloppy possessions. I think they had four turnovers in the first quarter. Uh, they toned it down a little and finished with 13 for the game, which is palatable, right? Um, but it was, it was all cylinders, all cylinders in the first quarter. Second quarter was 
Not the exact opposite because the Wolves at least held their own a little bit offensively. But defensively, they completely slacked off. There just was no intensity. And when you're up 30 in the second quarter, second unit comes in. I can understand how you know that can slide. So Portland wins the second quarter by 15 points. And now it's a 15-point game at halftime. But then it continued into the third quarter. First part of the third quarter, the Blazers got the game all the way down to eight points. This was an eight-point game after Minnesota had a 30-point lead in the first quarter. And then Anthony Edwards showed up. And after scoring 41 in Portland on Tuesday, he dropped 34 on just 21 shots in this game. Three of seven on threes, was efficient from outside the arc, was efficient at the line, seven of eight. And another fantastic assist to turnover game for Anthony Edwards. We'll talk more about that here in a minute. But he's on a, like, you could say he was on a heater shooting the ball last night. He's on an assist to turnover, called a Tyus Jones-like heater in that regard over the last week. Uh, It's been really incredible. But uh, like third quarter, the Wolves really did pull away and it became a 23 point game going to the fourth. And I mean, you had Anthony Edwards trying to actually second quarter. Anthony Edwards tried to bank in. He did bank in a free throw. And like, I don't know, his first quarter, he did that. It was his first quarter in a 30 point game. Anthony Edwards was like, you know what? I banked in a couple angle threes, you know, from just above the break. You know, the last two blowouts, the Milwaukee game, the Clippers game. I'm just going to bank in a free throw because we're up 30 in the first quarter. Uh it's hilarious, but then he tried to do it when it was a closer game. I think it was early third quarter. He tried to do it again, and he missed. That was the only free throw he missed in this game, by the way. So I guess it kind of serves him right. Um, it's hilarious when it's the fourth quarter of a blowout, and it's just kind of your thing is to just bank shots in from everywhere. But it's going to catch up with him, and I guess it did in a very non-consequential, inconsequential way with the missed free throw and a blowout win. But anyway... Um, it was a really, really fun game overall besides that second quarter and, and the first part of the third quarter. It was essentially two and a half quarters of complete dominance uh, and about as dominant as you're ever going to see uh, one NBA team over another. It really was. Um, coming into the game, I had concerns about turnovers. Portland, despite being a, a bad defensive team, they were fourth in the league in defensive turnover rate, so they do force oppon- opponents to commit turnovers. And they did. I mean, the Wolves, like I said, they had four in the first quarter, 13 for the game, Uh, you know, a little bit more of a turnover-prone game than you'd expect. But on the flip side, the Wolves have been playing more and more of the high-wall coverage. They're blitzing pick-and-rolls a little bit more often. They're trying to use their length on the perimeter. And I I think it's more about switching up coverages and being able to mix in and and do different things rather than only playing drop. And and I should say, they haven't only played drop all season, right? And that's part of what Rudy Gobert's given. Um, Rudy Gobert used to only play drop coverage in, in Utah. And Minnesota said, hey, we will, we'll mostly play drop when you're on the floor, Rudy, but let's mix in some other coverages. They've done that lately, and they turned Portland over a bunch early in this game. And, I mean, it was also part of part of the Wolves um, kind of pushing back against Portland was they just got a bunch of steals in a row. Like, Ant, I, th- I think it was Scoot Henderson picked his pocket, like, um, just the ball pressure, the length in the passing lanes, things like that forced Portland into 15 turnovers. And Minnesota's defense overall early in the season was not turning other teams over. And partly that was in part because they were playing a lot of drop and just kind of packing the paint and, you know, funneling shots to the middle of the floor, really to the mid range as much as possible. And, you know, uh, I guess the next best thing is above the break threes, right? Instead of corner threes, instead of paint attempts, instead of short shots near the rim. Um, and so, opponent effective field goal percentage was very low, but the Wolves weren't forcing that many turnovers. And now they've mixed this in a little bit. They're playing a little bit more zone to switch things up. They're playing a little bit more high wall like they did a couple of years ago, almost exclusively um, with Vando on the team. 
and they're wreaking a little bit more havoc. And against a young team like Portland, I mean, like Jeremy Grant's really the only guy, you know, Simon Stahl has a little bit of experience, but the only perimeter guy with any significant experience on this team in, in terms of the Blazers and the Wolves providing some of that, you know, uh, additional pressure on the perimeter really went a long way in this game. I thought that that was, that was a really smart thing that the Wolves did. And it also forced their guys to be more active, right? It forced the Wolves players to be more locked in instead of just, not that they would mail it in defensively, but some version of mailing it in was a concern, a legitimate concern coming into the last game before the All-Star break. I don't think there's any question about that. So I thought that was smart by the Timberwolves coaching staff to, to use a more aggressive defense in this game um, to try and uh, uh, force the issue, I guess, in a sense. All right, I want to do a couple more takeaways. I want to talk about Ant specifically, and then probably midway through next segment, segment I think we'll get right into All-Star Weekend. A lot to get to there, uh, so we'll do all that here next. Today's episode of Lockdown Wolves is brought to us by our friends at eBay Motors. Our partners at eBay Motors have teamed up with Lockdown Fantasy Basketball host Josh Lloyd to bring you some of the best fantasy picks each week, all season long. Whether you're prepping for a daily draft or scouting the waiver wire every week, we're going to provide you players that are guaranteed to fit on your roster. Let's see who Josh has picked out for us on this week's eBay's Guaranteed Fit Fantasy Picks of the Week. And uh, I'll go with Benedict Matherin. We're going to talk about him in just a minute here. Um, he uh, He's going to be in the skills competition as part of Team Pacers. Now with Buddy Heald in Philadelphia, no longer a pacer, there should be more minutes for Benedict Matherin. I'm a big Matherin fan. I liked him in the draft. I liked him as really a top 10 pick. Um, kind of throughout the process. So uh, I would pick him up. With nobody healed, there's there's just more minutes in uh, in Indy. Josh Lloyd from Lockdown Fantasy Basketball is going to help you win your fantasy championship. And eBay Motors knows the championship team is about each player being perfect. It's the exact same with your vehicle. Uh, my first vehicle is a 95 Mercury Tracer, uh, which I know puts, a, puts a, a date, an age on me, I guess, a little bit. But it was a great car. Fantastic. I wish eBay Motors had been around at that time, but would have taken better care of it. I would have. I'm sure my dad would have made me take better care of it. Would have just been more accessible to get the parts that I needed to keep it running, keep it looking fresh too. It's very important when I started driving. Was uh, you know as fresh as a '95 Mercury Tracer could be, even in '95, honestly. Um, but with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly. By the way, I wasn't driving in '95. I did get a brand new car for my first car. I said that weird, but. You know what I mean. A 95 Mercury Tracer wasn't going wasn't gonna to look fresh no matter what, but I still loved it. Uh, with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you can make sure that your ride stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof rack, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. eBay Guaranteed Fit, only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Lockdown has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube, and it's now available on Amazon Fire TV and the free Fire TV channels app. Lockdown Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Lockdown, plus our national shows covering every league. Find Lockdown Sports Today available now on the free Fire TV channels app. All right, some takeaways from this one. Let's talk about Ant. I mean, come on. Anthony Edwards is playing awesome heading into the All-Star break, and here's hoping that he gets some good rest after the game Sunday and um, kind of maintains this extended heater that he's been on. I mean, like, the, there were, like, I don't know, he's been playing extremely well going back to, what, the Dallas game that the Wolves won. He only scored nine points in back on January 31st. But in the month of February, he's averaging 31 points 
on 51-37-83 shooting splits. He had that 1 of 11 from outside the arc against the Clippers, but remember, he was 7 of 7 on twos in that game, and the assist to turnover was awesome. For the month, he's averaging 5 assists to 2 turnovers, which isn't perfect, but over the last four games, this is insane. Over the last four games, Anthony Edwards has 26 assists and only four turnovers. Going back to the Milwaukee win. So in this four-game winning streak, 26 assists to four turnovers. Now, I'm not suggesting he's going to be Tyus Jones, Mike Conley, Monte Morris, Trey Jones, insert your favorite assisted turnover champion here. I don't think that's him. That's not the way he plays. And, and you know, he's going to be a little bit loosey-goosey. He has to be unpredictable to be, a, I shouldn't say, he doesn't have to be to be effective. But the more in that direction he goes, the better. Because it's not just the lack of turnovers. It's also the increase in assists. Because we've seen we've seen him, like, the few games before that, he had a game where he had one assist to four turnovers. That was the win over the Rockets. Um, you go back a little bit further, and he had a 12-assist game with four turnovers, which is when you also score 32, you can handle 32 and 12 with four turnovers because he's so high usage, and it's going to happen. Turnovers are going to happen. But to see him turn in four straight games um, with very, very low turnovers, I mean, he had a nine-assist-to-no turnover, an eight-to-one, and a seven-to-one mixed in there. And also scoring with volume. Like in these two Blazers games, I mean, he only had two assists on Tuesday, but he had 41 points, and then he had 34.7 assists in this game. Is just so awesome to see. And if that is the start of a trend when it comes to Anthony Edwards taking care of the basketball, um, like we could start to have a, a serious conversation about like all NBA, right? I don't know that we're there yet, honestly. Like I don't know that I could sit here with a straight face. And I'm not, maybe this would be a fun all-star break topic for one of the shows next week, but talk about like top 15 players, top 20 players in the in the league where, where guys land. I don't think I could sit here right now and argue Anthony Edwards is a top 15 player. I would argue he's a top 25 player. He's probably right around 20, but all NBA is the top 15 players, right? Essentially. I don't think he's quite there yet, but if this is the thing, if now for the last 30 plus games of this season, all of a sudden he's assisted turnover guy plus all the scoring and the three point shooting and everything he's doing, then absolutely. Like, let's have that conversation here in, in the next month to six weeks. If this keeps up that like that's, that really is kind of the final frontier for him. Um, in terms of the overall, like, obviously he could keep getting better in every area, but the one thing that he still struggles with is the consistency with his passing and along with that shot selection. But again, he's shooting with efficiency. Like he's been an efficient scorer this year. Uh, for him to take as many shots as he does, you just look at raw field goal percentage. 47% is pretty good for somebody who shoots the basketball as much as he does. But then we could also talk about, you know, true shooting, effective field goal percentage. Like those numbers are all positive for Anthony Edwards. Um, so shot selection is a thing, but it really is. Can he assist while keeping turnovers low? Um, and he's been doing that lately. It's been awesome to see. All right. Um I don't really have any other major takeaways from this game other than the Wolves did good enough on the glass. They ended up a plus 17 and only allowed nine offensive rebounds. Obviously, plus 17 is really good, but nine offensive rebounds, still a little bit high for Portland, but there was a lot of garbage time in this game. And just looking at the box score won't tell you a whole lot. Um, we could do studs and duds here quick before we move into all-star break. I'll do this pretty quick. Uh, Ant, obviously, 34-7 and six rebounds, two steals, only one turnover, also had a block. He was a plus 36 in this game, which is just funny. Like, nobody else was better than a plus 26 for Minnesota. They won this game by, what they win by, 37? Yeah, they won by 37, 
and Ant was a plus 36, 12 of 21 shooting, 3 of 7 on threes, 7 of 8 at the line. An awesome Ant game. Also go Carl Thitty Towns. Cat was very efficient in this game. Um, good to see after he'd had some rougher games here lately in terms of foul trouble. 23 points, 8 rebounds, 8 of 13 shooting. Only shot two threes in this game. 6 of 6 at the line. Uh, a couple of blocks for Cat. A couple of dominant blocks just walling up at the rim as well. Rudy was solid. I'm not going to give him a stud. Uh, I am going to give... We'll go uh, Jaden McDaniels. Jaden really kind of, especially in the first quarter, was like he wasn't letting any of these young Blazers pass him defensively. He was phenomenal. Played well offensively, too, which was good to see after an 0 for the other night uh, from the field. 17 points at 6 of 11, shooting 1 of 4 on threes. Got to the line four times, which is unusual for Jaden. Made all four of his free throws. Five rebounds, two steals for Jaden McDaniels. Very, very strong game for him. I don't really have any duds. I mean, it was a quiet game for slow-mo. 2.7. He did have seven rebounds in 21 minutes. Three assists, but he had two turnovers. Not a bad game, just a quiet game. Alexander Walker had the second best plus minus on the team for whatever that's worth. And a lot of it's because that perimeter defense along with Jaden was fantastic, but he was just one of six from the field and missed all four of his three-point attempts. Um, not, you know, just one of those nights, but not a dud necessarily. I think everybody played well for the most part. It was that bench unit was a little shaky in the second quarter, but ultimately... Uh, it was just fine. So uh, we kind of did the first half like 10,000 foot look on Thursday, but the Wolves are 39-16. They, of course, have the Western Conference or they have the number one spot in the Western Conference, I should say. They are a game and a half clear of OKC, who finished on a two-game win streak in the first half. The Wolves now, by the way, have the best point differential in the Western Conference, second best in the NBA. Uh, you could look just straight point differential. You could also look at the net rating on cleaning the glass, which takes out garbage time. And uh, the Wolves are number two there as well. So I kind of, you know, no matter how you slice it and dice it, they're the second best team in the NBA. They just are. And you could look at the next layer. Like, I mean, they split two with Boston. They've split four with the Thunder. They're 2-0 and against the Clippers. They're 1-0 and against the Nuggets. Like, look at the next teams that you would want to discuss as the next best teams in the league. Obviously, Philly's not even in the conversation with them beat out. Uh, they've beaten Milwaukee in the only game they played, albeit a shorthanded Milwaukee team. They haven't played Cleveland yet. Uh, they split two with the Knicks. So the Wolves have played the best teams in the league extremely well. And they are legitimately now the second best team in the NBA. And there's really no question about it, which is which is just an awesome thing to say. Um, all right. I'm going to tee up what I'll do next. We'll spend the whole last segment talking about All-Star Weekend. I'm going to go. I'm going to give my predictions. I'm going to say who I think would win in terms of just straight up even odds. Like if we were just picking straight up who I think will win each competition. Also give my pick based on the FanDuel odds, although there are not FanDuel odds for some reason on the slam dunk champion. Uh, but we'll talk about that too. And then I'll just give a quick who I think will win the all-star game, although that's always such a weird thing. And I honestly haven't studied the rosters that closely. So I'm going to kind of do that on the fly. But uh, I already have my pick set for the other competitions. And you better believe I'll be over at FanDuel on, on Saturday. Uh, all-star Saturday is one of my favorite days of the year. So we'll get to all that here next. And I, also, obviously, Ant and Cat are part of the whole thing because they're each in a competition on Saturday. So lots of Ant and Cat talk here coming up as well. Today's episode of Lockdown Wolves is brought to us by our friends at Robinhood. Did you know that even if you have a 401k for retirement, you could still have an IRA? Robinhood has the only IRA that gives you a 3% boost on every dollar you contribute when you subscribe to Robinhood Gold. But get this, now through April 30th, Robinhood is even boosting every single dollar you transfer in from other retirement accounts with a 3% match. That's right, no cap on that 3% match either. Robinhood Gold gets you the most for your retirement thanks to their IRA with a 3% match. This offer is good through April 30th. 
Get started at Robinhood.com slash boost. Subscription fees apply. And now for some legal info. Claim as of Q1 2024, validated by Radius Global Market Research. Investing involves risk, including loss. Limitations apply to IRAs and 401ks. 3% match requires Robinhood Gold for one year from the date of first 3% match. Must keep Robinhood IRA for five years. The 3% matching on transfers is subject to specific terms and conditions. Robinhood IRA available to U.S. customers in good standing. Robinhood Financial LLC member SIPC is a registered broker-dealer. All right, uh... Let's close this thing out with my predictions for All-Star Weekend. Let's start with the skills competition because that is the first thing on Saturday night. Um, it's interesting. I, I When I looked at this, I looked at who was competing before I looked at the odds. And I picked Team Pacers just based on on who's on each of these teams. And I'll explain why. So Team Pacers is Halberton, Benedict Matherin, who I mentioned earlier, Miles Turner, Team Top Pick, is Paolo Bancaro, Anthony Edwards, and Victor Wembanyama, and then Team All-Stars, just a bunch of random All-Stars, Scotty Barnes, Tyrese Maxey, and Trey Young. Just looking at this, I would have ranked them for a skills competition. This isn't a three-on-three tournament, right? And and I'm assuming they're not going to drastically change like the nuts and bolts of the competition, like what they're asking these guys to do. I would have gone Pacers top pick All-Stars, but the odds are actually reversed. Or I know they're not reversed. Top picks are actually the favorites at plus 140 on FanDuel. Team All-Stars is plus 180, and Team Pacers is plus 190. I like. I would pick Team Pacers both straight up and with the odds as close as they are. Um, I would go Team Pacers at plus 190. My second pick would be Team Top Picks. I do think that um, what, what I like about the Pacers is you have a mix of skills, but all those guys can shoot, and oftentimes this comes down to like, if I remember right, in the relay, everybody's got to make a three, right? I'm pretty sure. If that's the case, like, I don't know. I think that's the best trio of shooters. Um, team top picks got to have Bankara and Wembenyama hit a three, which I know they can do. But percentage-wise, what are the odds they hit it on their first try? Um, and then also, like, clearly that trio has the most, like, overall the best mix of... Well, actually, no, you could argue Team All-Stars does with Barnes, Maxey, and Young in terms of dribbling, passing, etc., but I think Pacers probably has the advantage. I think this is the sort of thing. Also, I, I'm not 100% sure Ant takes this super seriously. I think we talked about this on Wednesday on the basketball party show. Ant's going to be goofing around. Like, I know he's super competitive. Um, but, like, he also has that goofy streak where he could be a little bit too cool for school sometimes, which is really funny for somebody that's his, you know, people talk about his Jordan-like competitiveness where he locks in and, like, you know, he's getting in a stance down 20. Like, he doesn't... That's 100% true, but he's also goofy. And sometimes he can act a little too cool too cool for school. He does that sometimes during games. And it's just a weird combination and it's partly what's what's it's certainly endearing, I think. It's partly what people really like about Ant is that he has the ability to not take things too seriously but also be really serious. So, I don't know. I I actually kind of like Team Pacers to win this thing, especially a plus 190. I'm excited to see Ant do it and I hope I'm wrong. I hope I obviously hope that Ant's team wins, but I would take Pacers at, at plus 190 on uh, on FanDuel. Uh, the three-point competition. This is my favorite event of the weekend, and I talked about this a little bit on the basketball party Wednesday, so you might have heard my quick version, my quick take there. The odds have moved. I believe at the time, Cat was plus 800, and it was the second longest odds. He's down to plus 700 on FanDuel, and that's fourth best odds out of the six contest. excuse me, out of the eight contestants. I'm sorry, I can't count. Fifth best odds out of the eight contestants 
The only players with longer odds than him are Donovan Mitchell at plus 750, Jalen Brunson at plus 750, and Laurie Markkinen at plus 800. Markkinen was in it last year and did not play or did not perform well. Um, I love Cat at plus 700. I really do. If I was picking this straight up, I might go Tyrese Halliburton. He's plus 450. The favorite is Dame Lillard, who won it last year at plus 390. Halliburton's the second shortest odds at plus 450. Trey Young at plus 550. Former Wolf Malik Beasley at plus 650. And then I gave you Cat, Mitchell, Brunson, and Markkinen. Um, if I had to pick one straight up, I'd probably go with Halliburton. Um, I think the combination of his shot, the way he shoots it, I think is very obviously repeatable um, for him and doesn't need to bring the ball high, like doesn't need to jump super high. I think it's, and also he's a 40, like a legit 40% guy. Um, and, and he played well in it last year, if I remember correctly. I believe he got past the first round uh, and, and got to the second. So I would pick Halberton straight up. Given these odds though, Cat at plus 700. And by the way, there's some books out there that have Cat at even longer odds. FanDuel at plus 700, that's still, that's great odds to get Carl Anthony Towns. The dude won it the last time he was in it. He barely jumps, doesn't really jump when he shoots. Uh, the Like, and that's the thing. I think Jack mentioned this on Jack Borman from Canis Supas mentioned it on Wednesday's basketball party show that like these guards that have to jump, their legs get tired or they in order to be quicker and not get tired as fast, they alter their shots. They're not jumping as high. Uh, that could be an issue for some of these smaller guys. Cat just like goes up on his tiptoes. It's super repeatable. Uh, he could shoot well off a rack. And my, that would be my one. I also like Malik Beasley at plus 650. The one thing that I would shy away from there is the way Malik shoots it. He loves to shoot it on the move in transition. He loves to shoot catch and shoot. He loves to one dribble shoot. I don't know how he's going to shoot off of a rack. Uh, that's a different motion. Um, and maybe he's great at it. I don't know, but I would be a little bit worried about it just given the way that Malik Beasley gets his shots in games, whereas cat can shoot it flat footed, double pump, step back, catch and shoot off the dribble, whatever cat can shoot from any platform. Uh, and that I think to me, he should have better odds to win than Malik Beasley. I think he should have better odds than Trey young. Who's not actually that good of a three point shooter, uh, compared to the other guys in the field. If you look at the percentages for his career, I know he can, he can shoot it from the logo, but how is he going to fare in this competition against guys like... And by the way, Lillard's not shooting it well from three this season. So I understand why he's the favorite. He's won it before, and he's a good shooter for his career. But in games the last couple seasons, he hasn't been great. So I straight up, no odds. I, if I just was picking it, I would probably say Terry Salberton. But Cat at plus 700 is the best bet. It absolutely is. And I think there's a great chance that he wins it. So uh, that's where I would go on FanDuel for sure. All right, uh, dunk contest Saturday night. There are not odds right now on FanDuel. Maybe that'll change between now, early Friday, and uh, and the contest Saturday night. But the favorite, of course, is Mac McClung, um, currently in the G League. He won it last year, had four dunks that he converted on the first try. I think all but one were perfect 50s, and the other one was like a 49-point something. Um, he's the favorite. I think he'll win it. I think there's a lot of reasons. Uh, well, the easiest answer is he's... Um, I guess I don't know if you'd say he's the most athletic overall, but the the best leaper of all of them, he's got to have a 45, 40, 46 inch vertical. I think he measured at like 44 at the combine a few years ago, but he jumps out of the gym. He's only 6'2", so it looks that much more impressive. Uh, I don't know, you know, no odds on FanDuel, so I'm not really sure how the rest of the field stacks up. I would say my second pick would be Jacob Toppin. He's, I believe, won some dunk contests in college, high school, whatever. Uh, super athletic. 6'8", which is a little bit of a disadvantage to be so tall for the contest, but he's not 
He's lanky, which sometimes can look a little more impressive. Uh, so I don't know. I, I would go McClung to win it. I, I depending on how big, how majorly he's favored on FanDuel when this comes out. I, I don't know that I would bother betting on it because there's enough of a if something goes wrong there, somebody else could win. But if if like everybody converts their dunks and whatever, he's going to have the best stuff and it's going to look the most impressive. I I Mac McClung I think is pretty clearly the favorite on on Saturday night. All right. The game itself, uh, this is, you know, we're going back here. I'm not going to talk Rising Stars. That's too hard to figure out. There's four teams. They play a tournament. Uh, it'll be fun. Like, the competition will be fun. The teams are fun. There's a lot of really good young players. It's also weird there's no Timberwolves players involved, although I don't think there was last year either. Uh, but, you know, there's a couple teams that stand out as, as I would say, favorites. Like, Team Pow has Wimbenyama, Brandon Miller, Hawkes, Jabari Smith. It's got uh, Brandon Pudzemski from the Warriors and Casey Wallace from the Thunder. I, like, just quickly looking over these rosters, um, Team Detlef is a bunch of G League guys. It's actually only G League guys. Uh, I would rank, I don't know, I guess I would rank them Pau, Tamika, Jalen Detlef in terms of talent on those teams and, and also given the format of the game. But I think the team with Wimbenyama, Brandon Miller, Hawkes, Jabari Smith, Pudzemski, Kaysen Wallace and Belial Kulabali, like that's the team that I would I would look for. So anyway, my quick my quick roster glance for Rising Stars would be Team Pow. Uh and the actual All-Star game, I don't know. I I think I given that Embiid's not playing and I, I know that you, like you wouldn't think that not having a big I don't know. I, I go back and forth on this. I think the West will win. I think that um Durant, like Durant, LeBron, Luca, Devin Booker. I just think there's enough, enough shooting on that team. The East, like if Halliburton, Halliburton might go nuts. Um, it's just such a silly thing to try to pick the All Star game. I think the West will win. Um, overall, I, I just think they're a slightly better roster. I don't, you know, I, I I'm backtracking for what I said on Wednesday on the basketball party with Chris Finch as the coach. I don't think we're going to see Carl Anthony Towns and. Uh, and to play all that much, which is totally fine because I always hold my breath in these games anyway. Um, so we will see. I I, I I would love to see Ant do something awesome and then not play the rest of the game. That would be great. Uh, and then Cat hopefully gets a ton of threes up. Um, and hopefully he's coming off a three-point championship on Saturday. So uh, that's my super quick and uh, unceremonious all-star pick is that the West will win against the East on Sunday. All right, that's all I have for you today. On Monday, we'll recap All-Star Weekend and uh, set up the rest of the week. I do want to get into some bigger picture stuff uh, next week in terms of, you know, looking ahead, what this team could work on. Uh, I might talk a little bit of buyout market. That's got to get figured out in the next uh, week or so. The Wolves have to make a selection on who they're going to fill their roster with. Uh, it could be 10-day guys, you know, whatever. But we'll talk about that next week, too. Lots to get to here as we set up the second half, unofficial second half, really the last third of the schedule, unofficial second half of the season. That's all we have for you today. Big thank you for making Lockdown Wolves your first listen every day. Of course, this show is free and available everywhere, including YouTube, as well as all of your favorite audio platforms. Wherever you listen to podcasts, you can find Lockdown Wolves. You can also watch on the Lockdown Sports Minnesota app on Roku and Amazon Fire TV. And you can follow on X at Lockdown T Wolves and also at B Beacon with two B's, two E's, C K E N. Of course, the Lockdown Wolves podcast is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your local experts on all the biggest stories. Once again, I'm Ben Beacon. This is the Lockdown Wolves podcast, and we'll catch you next time.